Logical Progression, Year 3, Lesson 8. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Wal-Aqiratu Lil-Muttaqeen, Wal-A'idvana Illa Al-Adhalimeen, Wa Salamatullahi Wa Salamuhu Ala Ash-Sharaf Al-Anbiya'i Wal-Mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad, Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabi Ajma'in, Allahumma La Sahla Illa Ma Ja'al Zaw Sahla, Wa Anta Taj'ul Hazna, Itha Shaila Sahla, Allahumma أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته حياكم الله good to see you guys again nice to see the Ummah folks back again alhamdulillah alive just about mashallah very busy a uh, couple of weeks down there well it was a couple of weeks it was 12 days for for some of us um, alhamdulillah so uh, after last week's yeah, and craziness. That's the only way it can be described anyway, whenever it goes down to London, it's all mental. But uh, after last week's video, so back to the normal uh, class and the normal fiqh, the normal basic stuff, huh? Okay, so I think, where are we? Has everyone got a access of notes, yeah? Put in the comment section of the thing. So everybody online, you know that... Um, you have your notes normally in the section where where it says student notes where you can click that tab and then you can see it live there so instead because uh, we weren't able to update that particular uh, tab but if you look in a comment section under resources just click resources and it's just there. yeah if you just if you select resources in the comment section you know then you're able to toggle between question and resources and whatever then you'll see it right there, just click on it, and then you'll see today's, or the notes for the next few session, sessions anyway, inshallah. All right. Um, is it really this thing turned off? Yeah. Uh, okay then, so, uh, where are we then? I think we are at the beginning of, where are we? I think at the beginning of, uh, the sixth point. Let's have a look on the uh, no seventh point. Yeah. Okay. Good. So if uh, is that if you got options so that we can get a get a uh, for the uh, backup so that we can see the beginning of the chapter, just so that we get the first sentence. So we're talking about the validators of evolution. Okay. Nawaqid al wudu. Nawaqid meaning jama of 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 naqid. And we're talking about what evolution is invalidated by. And so far we've gone through six of them so far. So anything which exits from the urethra, the anus, any amount of urine or feces, or whatever which comes from any other part of the body, any other filth as well. Number three, which is losing consciousness. Okay. Yeah, heavy sleep as well. Then number four was all then kind of that behavior about touching X, Y, Z. And then number five then was the touching of a woman and vice versa uh, because of desire. Number six was the touching of the anal region. And generally, I also want you to know that the way that Sheikh Uthameen himself in his commentary kind of breaks it down, so far we've only covered five. And to be honest, you could quite easily see that between four, five and six, you can actually put them together, right? Like six could be, uh, six could be part of four, because it's totally talking about the private parts, etc. But anyway, it, it doesn't actually matter how many you make it, okay? The point is, is the various things, the front passage, the back passage, 
issue of desire, etc. So now we're on to a new section. Obviously, we then we gave some uh, exceptions as well. We're not talking about touching the hair of a certain area. We're not talking about touching with one's fingernails um, or using a barrier, uh, etc. Okay? All right. So to carry on then that list, uh, I will read... Shazi, you need to increase that size, man. I'm an old man now, you know. I can't see squat. One more, Allah. One more. One more. I'm finished and I'm gone. I'm finished. Honest to God, I'm finished. Just move a little bit, a little bit to the side. <laughs> okay. I can't see the Arabic. The Arabic is not there. The first line. Just move it to the left. This is what happens when Abu Dhabi doesn't print anything. <laughs> It's not going to happen. Bring it down. Yeah, okay. So in Arabic, and the Sheikh says, وَيَنْقُضُ غَسْلُ الْغَسْلُ الْغَسْلُ مَيِّتٍ Oh, Shaz, get rid of that bakwas, man. There we go. Uh, so, وَيَنْقُضُ غَسْلُ مَيِّتٍ Next one. وَأَكْلُ اللَّحْمِ خَاصَةً مِنَ الْجَزُورِ وَكُلُّ مَا أَوْجَبَ غُسْلًا أَوْجَبَ بُضُوءًا إِلَّا الْمَوْتِ ومن تيقن الطهارة وشك في الحدث أو بالعكس بنى على اليقين فإن تيقنهما وجهل السابق فهو بضد حاله قبلهما ويحرم على المحدث مس المصحف والصلاة والطواف. So continuing from then what invalidates the wudu, washing a dead body, number seven, number eight, eating camel meat, and number nine, a fat. Knowing that everything which obligates a ghusl obligates wudu as well, other than death. Because death is theoretically something which obviously obligates ghusl. They just want to be technically correct, yani, you know, just in case you know you top yourself just to make yani, you know. So everything which obligates ghusl obligates wudu other than death. And then there's a bit of a complicated translation, which obviously is a right mess in English, nice and simple in Arabic, but obviously we'll explain that. Uh, whoever is certain of their state of purity, meaning their state of wudu or not, but doubts whether they became ritually impure, meaning broke their wudu, or the other way round, completely, okay, completely the other way round. Um, so for example, whether they're, ritual, whether they're ritually impure, and they're not, now they enter the state of wudu, that's what that means. What they must do is they must build upon certainty. They must build upon what state that they are sure of that they're in. That's one part. Now whoever is certain of having been in both states, so they know for definite that I broke my wudu and I did make my wudu. So they know definite both things have existed. But they can't work out which state come first. Then let him consider himself to be in a new state. So he's confused now. What state should I take? So he makes for himself that I am now in a new state. Which is the exact opposite to what state he was in before. Before those two final states that he had. That's complicated. Right? Those two final states meaning in wudu and not in wudu. What was you before then? Yani you're sure that you had these two states. What was you before then? Now you're opposite to that. <laughs> I'll explain that, don't worry, okay? When it comes, inshallah. And then finally, it is impermissible for one without wudu to touch the mushaf, to pray, or to perform the tawaf. Okay, so this is the text, the final part of text actually. In the chapter of Nawaqid al-Wudu, the invalidators of Wudu. 
Alright, so let's let's start, take this from the top. Sheikh Uthameen then says 200, page 297. He says that to wash then the dead person. According to the Hanbalis, this is the, the this is their next uh, uh, invalidator. Note that it's ghasl. Okay? It's ghasl. And not ghusl. Look at it carefully. Difference between ghasl and ghusl, anybody? So if you say ghasl is washing something, which is correct, what do you think ghusl then means? It has to be something different, right? How's that different to washing, cleaning, the first part? No. What it's done with? Anybody? Correct. 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 Exactly that. A ghasl, well, actually even ghasl is a noun, yeah? The word ghasl and a ghusl also, they're both, they're both nouns. But ghasl refers to the actual washing and ghusl is the kind of the state and the name that is called, but of the actual object itself or the process itself. That's I think the best one. The process itself is called, called ghusl. So I, you know, obviously the problem is in English language because we... We mix and match the sentences, right? So, from an English point of view, none of them work. Because when we say, like, um, have you done salah, right? Okay. Or I prayed. Okay. You would say in English, wouldn't you? I prayed. You wouldn't say, I salah, I salad, or whatever, right? Okay. Which is, which is, which is similar because if you, someone says, have you done your ghusl? You know, have you done ghusl yet? If you're asking someone, are they ready for Jum'ah? You would say, have you done ghusl? Now, actually, you wouldn't say that in Arabic. You say, yani? have you washed? Or, have you done ghusl? So, ghusl is the, is the actual act itself. Okay, it's the actual al-ma'na al-hasil bil That which is achieved once you wash. If you wash al-ghusl bil you washed it. That's ghasl. You did ghasl of it. Once you do ghasl of something, then it had a ghusl. Make sense, everybody? Yeah? So the ghasl is the process. The ghusl is the uh, result, the consequence. That ghusl has been achieved. Alright. So when we say ghaslul mate, we're talking about the actual washing. What's the um, immediate, obvious benefit of differentiating between the meaning in such an example of the dead person? Uh, not quite, no. But it is, the, the, the benefit, the legal benefit is to do with what you're going to do to a dead person. Definitely. But not that. What do you think? If we use ghasl we are able to give a different Islamic ruling than if we said a ghusl. Logically, think about it. Think about a dead person. 
and whether you did ghusl of the person or did ghusl of the person, the Islamic ruling would then differ. For example, like what? In actual fact, in using this, in, in, uh, uh, there's two things I want you to work out. I want two things for you to work out. By using ghusl instead of ghusl, there is a significant legal difference. And there is a, between using ghusl and ghusl, and then there's a second significant legal difference between using the word ghasal and mas. And mas so far has the word that we've been using all the way. Mas to mean touching. Yeah? So, so far throughout this chapter, it's all about touching, 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 touching. So there's two I want you to derive for me online as well. Shaz checks if anyone gets it right. The, there's two significant legal differences that, that, that happen when you use this, tell me what you think they are. Remember, remember we talked about this thing before. When you're looking at this as a talib al-ilm, a student of knowledge, from a fiqh point of view, when you get stuck in a situation like this, right, don't stand and just look at it. What you do is you apply both. It's like doing it like a test. So apply the first one and see what happens as a result of doing it. And then apply the second one and see what happens. Always look at them from a, the, the, the other way, from the from the back side after you've done the action. Yeah. So if you were to do ghasal, yeah. then you, the, the, that's the process. But say you didn't achieve the process, then ghasal would not be the state that's achieved. So if something went wrong, then you would not actually achieve the state of ghasal. Correct. What is the legal... So you've identified basically... Um, yeah, and you've identified basically where the legal difference is going to occur, but you haven't actually mentioned what the legal benefit is. Basically, if we said that it is the ghusl of the mayyit that breaks wudu, a person would have to completely wash that person. When we say ghusl, then it means that even if I wash his hand and there's ten of us, all ten of us would have to make wudu, isn't it? Because we all washed that person. And wash does not entail washing the entire process. That would be ghusl. But we said a ghasl. Alright, so that's a very significant legal difference. It means if you, even if you did one little bit part, yeah, then you'd have to be then making wudu uh, as well. So, that's the first one. Second one. The fact that we've not used mas practically means what happens. What, for example, did we say? Wudu has been broken by mas, except what? If you do what? If you're, if you're, huh? A barrier. A barrier, right? So therefore, what do you think the issue here is then? We know that if you that if you touch something, if the issue of invalidating wudu is invalidated by a touch, then we know that if you have a barrier on, it's not invalidated. Correct? Yes. So therefore, tell me now the other second legal difference. The answer is, is that because it doesn't say touch, then it doesn't matter if you had all the barriers on in the world, all the gloves on in the world, it's the process itself which is causing the problem. So if you follow the opinion, then it's the washing, it's not the touching. It, 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 it wants to say it never was a touching in the first place when it comes to washing the dead. 
Does that make sense, everybody? I want to make sure everyone understands that. Yeah? So those are the two significant legal reactions. That's, that's why it is, and that's subhanAllah, that, that, that those two completely different legal rulings are based entirely on the use of a word and the fatha or dhamma based on the word, which is why it's so important to A, know Arabic when you study deen, and B, to be able to know the importance of the consequence legally of changing words. Because that, that requires its own separate skill, its own separate kind of understanding of the mind. All right. Okay, good. Mayyid, uh, a dead person. So note, therefore, that that includes then male and female, which is also different. Okay, it's not about desire anymore. It's a male, female, old or young, etc. Again, the issue of desire is taken out. It could be very old, could be very young, could be small, could be big, could be a free person, could be a slave person. Um, it could be, and an, uh, all of this is possible. Okay, um, and this, as I said, this is the position of the Hanbali madhab. The, Humbly madhab, and also is what we call min mufradati madhabi Imam Ahmed. Okay, it is from the indiv- it's from the unique positions to the Hanbalis. All right, so you know, like uh, in the chapter of Wudu, actually, it's uh, an interesting side point that when it comes to uh, every madhab, every madhab has its own unique position, meaning. It holds a position and the other three go elsewhere together. Yes? So the three Imams agree on something and whatever. And the Hanafi school is very, very common for that. Holding out and, and you know, holding into a position and everyone else going somewhere else. But Imam Ahmed has a lot of these as well. And they often happen in the issue of the chapter of Wudu. In the chapter of Wudu. For example, a tasmiyah to say Bismillah and to do the issue of wiping water for the hands through the fingers through the beard, for example, and a few other things that we've covered. And now we're going to do two right now as well. What are these two? Number one, the issue of washing the dead. Number two, the eating of the meat of the camel. A couple of people are so confused online. Again. About, about the difference between ghassal and ghusl, mm-hmm. and ghassal and mas. Yeah, legal differences. So if, think about this technically. If we said that it was the ghusl of the mayyit, if we said that to do ghusl of a dead person would break wudu, it would mean a person would have to come and do the entire ghusl, beginning to end, the full process, 20 minutes, the full washing, absolutely all of it, and only then would he break his wudu. Okay? It would mean that if there was a person who was helping, he wouldn't because he wasn't doing it properly. If a person did half-half, and there's normally four or five people who help in this process, then, you know, they might not actually, uh, you know, because ghusl would be the complete process. A ghusl. Because we said a ghusl, washing, then anything that you wash as part of the process, if there was one of you or ten of you or whatever, and so one person just washed their hand, and one person just washed this, another person washed that, all of them would have to make wudu, because now the, the word is not ghusl, the complete bath, but just washing itself. Technically, just the washing. So I hope that, that's, that, make, that makes that clearer. And the issue of the mas, I think, was clear enough. We said that if it was mas, then it would mean that as soon as you touch the dead body, then uh, uh, you'd break your wudu. But if you put your gloves on and you wash the dead body, it wouldn't break your wudu. But then the text does not say mas of the dead body. It says the washing of the dead body, which shows that actually it's the washing that breaks the wudu, not the contact. So even if you're wearing gloves, it doesn't matter. It'd still break your wudu according to the humbly madhab. What's, what else have we just learned? This is only existing in the Hanafi, in, in the Hanbali Madhab. The washing of the dead person, breaking wudu. All other three Imams, Hanbali, and Hanafi, Maliki, and Shafi'i schools, 
they consider the washing of the dead body not to break wudu at all. And in fact, that's the correct position. And it's also the position of Shaykh al-Uthameen, alayhi rahmatullah. And it's the position of the majority of the scholars. And it's our top class position as well. That it does not break the wudu. And at best, it's a recommended act. And I'll give you a few texts to show why this is a recommended act. Anyway, uh, what did the uh, scholars uh, say that, uh, uh, that are the evidences for this? Uh, number one, what was narrated by Abdullah ibn Umar and Abu Huraira and, and Abdullah ibn Abbas that they, this is the, uh, the evidences for the Hanbali school, why is it considered obligatory? Yeah, um, Obligatory to make wudu after washing uh, the dead person. All three of them have authentically, authentically been narrated as having commanding the people to make wudu after they wash a dead person. And references are all there in, in section in footnote three. For example, in the Musannaf of Ibn of Abdul Razak, um, and in the Musannaf of Abu Bakr of uh, Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shaiba, we can see in the chapter of funerals. Okay, upon in a chapter of funerals. For example, one narration on the authority of Abdullah ibn Abbas that he said concerning the washing of the dead person, Yakfi minhu al wudu. It's not necessary. The chapter title is that the one who washes dead person does not need to make ghusl. The one who needs, the one who washes the dead person does not need to make ghusl because that's also a position. But in that chapter, Abdullah ibn Abbas is saying it's sufficient to make wudu, meaning it's obligatory to do the wudu, not to make ghusl. So this is the position of Abdullah ibn Abbas, and also in the same books, in the same chapter, uh, Abdullah ibn Umar, he said. Concerning the dead person, he goes, indeed, only uh, what is sufficient for you is just to make wudu. Just to make wudu. Okay? So, that is the. And also, Ibn Taymiyyah narrates in Al Umda also that Abu Abu Hurairah, he said, he goes, the bare minimum that one should make is wudu. The bare minimum that one should make is wudu after washing dead person. Um, it has been narrated something similar from the companions, has been narrated from Aisha radiallahu anha, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, and Abi Barza, wa A'id ibn Amr, wa ghayruhum. And you can see some of the other companions, so the, other, the uh, narrations you'll find in the same chapters. So a number of the companions are upon this position. That's the first thing. Uh, that's the first evidence for the Hanbalis. They can see a very strong kind of statement towards it. Their second evidence, they said, is that the one who washes the dead person most of the time will touch his private parts and the washing of the private parts breaks the wudu the washing of the private parts breaks the wudu the second position which is the position of the majority al-qawlathani is that the washing of the dead person does not break wudu and the evidence for this is that to invalidate as you can imagine Shaykh Uthameen's favorite kind of position to in, or favorite kind of defense evidence to obligate something upon someone, especially when you're saying that you're invalidating a state, a state that you enter very strongly, very clearly, according to the Sharia, will require very clear, strong Sharia and evidence to cut you out of it, to bring you out of it. Okay? And a thab, yani to lift that wudu off you, to, to wrench that wudu from you, requires a dalil thabit, dalil shari'i. 
And there he said, Shaykh Uthameen said, there is not a single evidence in the book of Allah, either nor that, neither from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and neither from any of the companions at all. And as for what can we say for the, the statements of these companions? How do we understand then the statements of these companions, especially these three, Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Abbas, and Abu Huraira, three youngish companions around for a long time, making lots of fatwa, okay? That they said that this has to be understood as being recommended. We understand these commands to be upon the manner of, isti- of al-istihbab. Um, and he said, he said that he goes, something interesting here, Sheikh Qutamin says, he goes, when you see something, okay, he goes, if you start to make things obligatory upon a people upon which there's no evidence, it doesn't sit easy on the soul, and it's something which is actually physically difficult to achieve as well. He goes, bin dalil, bin dalil, that uh, when, you, when you make that something which is obligatory, it's amr sa'ab, yani. he goes, that's yani, difficult to, for the soul to accept. Okay? لِأَنَّ فَرْمَ لَيْسَ بِفَرْمَ كَتَحْرِيمَ لَيْسَ بِحْرَامَ He says that to make something which is obligatory, which isn't obligatory, is like making something haram, which isn't haram. Isn't it? To make something obligatory, which isn't actually obligatory, is to make something haram, which isn't haram. And you know how the, the soul or the self responds to that kind of uh, 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 situation. He goes, He goes, and anyway, I mean, the rest to be honest is not a, is not a thingy evidence. This is not a, a, a strong kind of statement that he says anything else. But I'd like, you to, I'd like to quote to you a few narrations that Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti and raised in his sharh, and he says, for example, um, he says the first evidence, which is very very clear to me, why this is not obligatory, is the is the original reason for why wudu is broken. Allah, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah does not accept the prayer of any person who ritually becomes ritually impure. إِذَا Anyone who gets into a state of hadith, right, ritual impurity, Allah does not accept the, their prayer until they make wudu. He goes, and there's no evidence to show that when you wash a dead person, that that actually turns, you know, it actually causes ritual impurity. Remember, remember, don't never forget for the last couple of years what we've been studying. Hadith is not something which is physical impurity. It's a spiritual, spiritually impure state. So you need a real clear evidence then about why you're making it yani, something, uh, and that's why he says in very strong language, he goes, He goes, watching that person, there's nothing which should be impure about it, it's not even close to being any which should be impure. He goes, all of these hadith are to be understood, to be uh, uh, recommended. Why? Because of another narration. This is a very interesting narration. This narrated by Imam al-Hakim, and it has been authenticated by Imam al-Dhahabi and also by al-Hafid fi talkhis bi That means that in, talkh- in the book al-Talkhis al-Habir, which is the book of Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, it was considered hadith to be uh, uh, Hassan. He said, "Laysa alaykum fi ghasli mayyitikum ghusl idha ghasaltumuh, fa inna mayyitikum laysa binajas, fahasbukum an taghsilu aydiyakum." Very interesting. The Prophet ﷺ said 
that you do not need to make a ghusl for making ghusl of your dead person. You do not need to perform the full bath if you wash a dead person. Because your dead person is not impure, is not najis. It is sufficient for you just to wash your hands. It is sufficient for you for hasbukum and taghsilu aydiyakum. And also it has been authentically narrated on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with him and his father, that he said, narrated by Imam Adar Qutni, and it is authentic, insha'Allah. Abdullah ibn Umar said that we used to wash the dead person. After that, some of us would make ghusl, and some of us would not make ghusl. After that, some of us would make ghusl, and others would not make ghusl. There's two things, legal things to take from this statement. The first of them is what? When we say kunna, we used to do something, what do we know about that? When, when a companion says kunna, what does it mean? Huh? They don't anymore, that's good, but also something else. If they were doing it before, that means who are they doing it with? The Prophet ﷺ. Which is why whenever a companion is authentically narrated to have said that we used to do something, then this means that the ruling of the action is what we call hukum marfu'a. The ruling has been is raised to an action of the Prophet Sallallahu So therefore, it's considered to be a sunnah. Okay, and that's why uh, Imam says, Imam Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shakir says, "Waqala Sahabi kunna nafal is a hujja." That a statement to say that this is what we used to do from a companion is a dalil evidence. It's a hujja. It's a established evidence. Um, and obviously, by saying some of us used to, some of us didn't used to, didn't used to do it. Obviously, proves straight away that therefore it's an optional act, and therefore it's not obligatory at all. It's not obligatory at all. And as I said, that's the position of the majority of scholars. Is that is that okay, everybody? Yeah. Any questions on that before we move on? Because the next is completely different. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, obviously. Um, when one is washing the, the dead person, and um, this is something which the, the community, I mean, I teach it in fiqh of death, and we all need to know about that anyway, uh, the, the rules concerning that, because if someone passes away, certainly yourselves, everyone in this class should be involved, family member or whatever, because most people don't know what they're doing, and you just can't you know, relegate this to the funeral director or the guy, you know. So... I mean, it is an important chapter, to, and we will study it, of course, in true time. Um, but uh, you need to know that, yes, you would be using gloves regardless, okay, because of the najasa, because of the dirt, because of washing the, the private parts. You would do some form of stinja as well. There will be the uh, helping to evacuate the contents of the stomach. It's not a, it's not a clean affair. Um, uh, and so, uh, I, even though I mentioned about the issue of the difference between washing and touching, that's, that's, that is a reality. Yeah, that you would be using obviously gloves and, and so on and so forth. All right, so the next um, invalidator, uh, what's the uh, translation, uh, Shaz? What's it say? Eating chamomile. Yep, eating chamomile. Simple as that, okay? Now, uh, in Arabic, it's, it, it doesn't say that. In, uh, in Arabic, it says, الجزور. Now, in Arabic, it's important to understand. This Arabic sentence, if you don't be careful, could be understood in two different ways. Because literally translated, it says, and eating meat specifically 
or eating meat. Okay, it, depending on where you put a comma, it could say, and eating meat, especially from camels. Okay, or and eating meat specifically, comma from camels. Do you understand what I mean? Does it make sense? Yeah. Okay. So it's essential to that khasatan, which means only that if it's put in the first part of the sentence, only eating meat from the camel, then that makes it clear. That means, therefore, if you and as you're going to see why it's significant, and that's the correct way to understand it, because it means that therefore when you drink, there are many things you can do with the camel. Okay, you can eat its meat, and that meat can be eaten raw and it can be eaten cooked. Remember, we're talking about Arabs here, and they do all that kind of things because, yeah, they eat livers and, you know, all that kind of behavior, you know, they don't care about all that kind of stuff, you know, packs sort of heart attack, yeah? Yeah? Gore is probably in the middle somewhere. Yeah, they want a bit of bloody behavior, you know, they say we'll have it bloody. Yeah, rare, medium rare, please. You know, when someone says medium rare to me, I just feel like clapping it. Just, you know, just like flapping around in it. At the same time, packs are also disaster. We want it well done. And it comes out all black, you know what I'm saying, yeah? That's a proper ghost up, man. So, the issue here is, of course, referring to, um, uh, you know, it took me like about, I don't know, about five years to get the courage once in a state place. And I, mentally, it's like, when I did it, it was like, I don't know, it was like, yeah, an overwhelming sense of, like, I did it finally. To actually say to the guy, medium well done. <laughs> just one it one down from well done because you know it gets juicier isn't it if it's less stingy Shaz obviously he used steak like every week or something like that <laughs> I mean you know we eat it like every six months or something or every year once we get a you know get a shot where are you going next week can we oh, I'm going to get my good I'm going to get a good... You'll eat more steaks in the next in two weeks. In the next couple of weeks? Eat in one year? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. That's the way we have to do it. When we go to one place, yeah, and for a small period of time, we get like one year's worth. That's the only thing we can do, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And all we get are the pictures. And you get them. Oh, that's so See that? She's a little upset, man. Doesn't like me sending pictures. Which, by the way, we were away while Abu Dhar was sending us pictures of Kansas burgers, by the way. Yeah? Just want you to know. I went into Kansas, by the way, uh, AZ. And uh, he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, did you get the picture? <laughs> I said, rah. He goes, did it? I said to him, did he, did he do that picture in the, in the shop? He goes, yeah. He opened <laughs> up there and then, and he took a picture, and he goes, I'm sending this to Abu Isa. He goes, he's not a very nice guy, that guy. <laughs> honest to God, that's what he said. <laughs> honest to God, that's what he said. He says, can you believe that? I go, I'm oh, well, not a nice guy. He goes, nah, he's not a really nice guy. Not a nice guy. I said, rah. Okay, anyway. So, 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 so I, I hope you understand that, yes? So, obviously, in English, I've just put in, you know, uh, eating camel meat. But from the Arabic, there's a clear discussion there that uh, depending upon how you put the comma, if you say then it's a very clear statement. It means eating meat, particularly meat from a camel. And that, by the way, can be understood 
we have evidences to show that actually it is possible that all eating meat, all meat eating does break wudu. And I'm going to cover that. Okay? I'm going to cover that. And then specifically, the one that the correct translation is, and eating meat specifically, comma, from the camel, which is the correct position, is also a legally different position because, as I said, the camel, it can be interacted with in a number of ways with, with respect to food. You can what? Who can tell me what you can do? Just, I'll just give you two options. No, meat, raw and cooked. Both have legal differences. Milk, yes. Hot and cold. I don't think we'll but just say milk, yeah. Pasteurized or unpasteurized. Pasteurized, unpasteurized? Yeah. I think we're getting trying a bit too hard there then. Yeah? Anything else? Urine. Urine. That's the one. Which isn't the normal one. <laughs> yes, the urine of the camel, of course, has narrated in Sahih Bukhari for certain medical conditions. Oh, yes. And so the urine. Anything else? Huh? Leather. Oh, no, so now we're moving on to yeah, other things like, you know, maybe wearing it. Is it najis or not? That's also a good point as well. So there's a different rulings, but with respect to the food, we have three categories. We have its urine. We have its lip milk and we have its meat. All right, good. So that's everything which is all on the table at the moment here. So, Sheikh uh, al he goes, So, يعني, وَيَنْقُدْ أَكْلُ اللَّحْمُ خَاصَةً مِنَ الْجِزُورِ وَهَذَا هُوَ النَّاقِدْ السَّابِعْ مِنْ نَوَاقِدْ الْوَضُوءِ وَهُوَ مِنْ مُفْرِدَاتْ مَذْهَبِ أَحْمَدْ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ So, he, he, Abu Qur as eight, he has it as seven because of that kind of, as I mentioned to you earlier on, the fact about touching the anal canal, does it come under the private parts or not? We separated it as two separate points. So, Sheikh Uthameen, he goes, again, this is uh, something which is unique to the Hanbali school. No other school considers this issue at all. Okay? He says, first of all, he goes, the eating of meat, therefore, in combine, uh, the eating of meat, it uh, uh, combines whether it is raw or whether it is cooked. Because once you said meat, then that entails both of them, raw and cooked. And uh, he goes, eating, therefore also, uh, 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 doesn't mean chewing, for example. Has to be swallowed. Also, what's the English word to say? Doesn't mean. I can't think of the word now. Anyway, Yani, uh, if a person was to take some meat and chew it and then spit it out because he didn't swallow it, would that then break the wudu or not? According to the Hamblis, no, because it's akal. It means to actually swallow it. Okay? To actually swallow it. Um, and again, as I said, khasatan ya'ud ila laham la ila al-jazur. لأن قوله تعالى لأن قوله al-jazur يغني عن خاصة. Um, and he goes وخرج بكلمة خاصة ما عدا اللحم كالكرش والكبد والشحم والكلية والأمعاء وما أشبه ذلك ودليل ذلك. So he goes that by saying the issue uh, <laughs> this is interesting. He goes if we think about what actually meat means. Okay. What does meat actually mean? Does that include 
liver, does it include kidney, kirsch, and al-kibid and shihm, the kulia, what is kulia? Intestines, good, well done, okay. And am'a, which is intestines as well, as more specific. He goes, the evidence for this is that these are not considered to be meat. That's the first thing. Okay, they're not you know, generally considered to be meat. So if you, he goes, Sheikh Davin, he goes, if you went and told someone, go and give me some meat, and he went and brought you back some intestines. <laughs> he goes, then يعني, he goes, he goes, he goes, you'd be pretty upset, يعني, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So he goes that, that therefore the, the prohibition, according to the Hanbalis, is specifically to with proper meat, whatever proper meat is. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think comes under proper meat? Muscle, muscle, heart. Heart. I mean, we know the heart is a muscle. So, would you put heart in under meat? That's interesting. Doctor Shazad says no. I would. I put heart under meat. Okay. So heart. Yes or no? Yes. Man. You wouldn't put heart in? Islam? You wouldn't put heart in? Culturally, heart, kidneys and liver are cooked together. Kaleji, yeah? Kaleji. That's true, that. That's actually true. They're like the scene as the rejects, isn't it? I love heart, man. That's why I'm such a soft person, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, you know when people say, why are you going to be hey, hey, how could you just be like nice and soft, loving person? I say, it's because I eat so much heart, right? <laughs> Wait, uh, I'm telling heart? you. Have you ever seen them in Kansas Burger? No, no, they don't do heart there. No, no, no. I mean, I, I go to the, the butchers specifically. I say, collect the hearts for me. And, uh, <laughs> and you eat them how? You must just cook some and everything, and you eat them? Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not a kidney guy. Oh, don't do kidney. Whoa. And liver, oof. I can't do liver either. My mum and dad like, they like kidney and liver. Yeah. But how is a whole different category, man? I mean, liver, I think you bite through it, it tastes sort of strange and everything, and it's yeah, soft and just, uh, Whereas, heart, that's a proper meat. They call it awful, don't they? Don't they don't. The liver. Yeah, the liver. Yeah. Don't put heart into awful. No, I'm not putting heart into awful. Yeah. But you're saying it's in. Am I not in there, yeah? We've had a, we've had a lot of nose here. Heart is not meat. That's a good point. It's a good point, isn't it? It's a good point. You don't say, you know, if you but I did get it from the butchers, bro. Yeah, but if you ever said to a butcher, I want some all sorts. Yeah, no, don't be trying that. Butchers have all sorts, bro. I didn't, I go to the go- I didn't go to the grocers, did I? You know what I mean? Next, next time it, it wasn't yeah, the vegetable shop. But next time you go to the butchers, ask him a question, I want some meat. Okay, and he goes, okay, what do you want? He goes, Shoulder, shoulder, rib, ribs, what? Neck, if he includes heart, chomp, if he includes heart, heart, if he includes heart in there, then there's your Then job, job done. Let's ask the, any of the people who should know. <laughs> no? Heart, no? Heart, no? Oh my God, the consensus of the cooks, yeah. There's an ijma' of the, that's the, ijma, the ijma' of cooks is very important. Because I'll be honest with you, I've never cooked the heart in my entire life, I'll just do the eating, you know what I'm saying, yeah? But they're all saying... Because you ask for it separately. 
That's the proof, huh? That's a good argument, to be honest. You know, yeah. Okay. But I just want you to you know, because whatever your position you guys want to hold, I just want you to know that I eat a lot of heart, which is why I'm such a nice guy. <laughs> obviously, you obviously know I eat a lot of brain as well. <laughs> I can't stand brain. Magas? Ugh. What is all that about? <laughs> you know, easy. We've got to do some cancer man. I'm keeping you guys, as you can see, I'm keeping you guys here tonight because of I'm enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. I don't want you guys to be going out early because tonight's not a good night for you young kids, yeah. You know what I'm saying, yeah. So you might be thinking, why are we not covering more fiqh? Because I just wanted to sit here and let you think about meat and this and that because it's not nice out there. In fact, I might even make a live du'a this discussion. Okay, make a du'a for rain. You have to turn your clothes inside out first. I have to turn my clothes inside out? No, no, I can't do that, bro. So we'll make like a half, half, no, half du'a for rain. No, no good? No? Du'a for snow and rain. Du'a for snow and rain. It's Allah send the bardam, make it yeah, rain and shower and thunder and show these people that they should be studying fiqh instead of studying pubs and mistletoe. I mean, yeah. Is it mistletoe? Was that gone? <laughs> is that Christmas Day? Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's amazing. It's amazing being in a retreat during Christmas. You don't know what's happening. What day Christmas was? What was Eve or Boxing? Or was it Thursday or Monday or what? Just khalas any time goes. If someone hadn't told me today was New Year's Eve, I had, I had no idea. Yeah, absolutely no idea. I'm doing that. Right. So. Uh, okay then. Um, I think what we're just gonna we're gonna pause there. Okay, because I want to just take one, two questions from the uh, from the, the uh, portal, and we got we're going on a bit. <laughs> this is going to huh? <laughs> you can make a with a glove barrier as a wudu not invalidated. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. If you make a with a glove. <laughs> is wudu <laughs> invalidated? Or is it the process that... Or is it the process... I don't even, I don't even understand the question. Yeah, on the deceased person. Oh, on a dead person. I don't know. The question is, if you make istinja with a glove, in brackets barrier, is the wudu not, then not invalidated? Or this is addition. Or is it also the process when you which invalidates? The question is, if you're making a stinger. Yeah. What kind of question is that, man? <laughs> Make a clear question, Yara. Uh, Any questions on us? What about the hadith reported by Abu Huraira who washes a dead person should perform a Exactly. This narration and every single narration which is like that, the one who washes that person should make ghusl, etc, etc. All of them, the, the, the mass majority of scholars consider this to indicate recommendation. Why would you say, again, from a fifth point of view, say, how is that possible? Or at a hadith point of view, they would say, how is that possible when it says very clear that, you know, uh, you should do it, you must do it, you must wash. And the answer is, is that whenever you have the presence of a hadith which gives an option, or it shows that it wasn't done, that every single command to that action must mean that it was a recommending towards that action. Personal advice, personal recommendation, etc. This is what we call a sarif. That hadith is a sarif 
it takes you away, it pushes you down, pushes you away from the obligatory. It's like it's going down that path, and suddenly the arm comes out and pushes it away, and pushes it into the, it's a mustahab kind of channel. Because the single hadith which, remember what we said, the usul of Ahl Sunnah, of Ahl Hadith, is that we always reconcile hadith, combine them, we don't take hadith, uh, we don't ignore hadith or say it's abrogated or this, that. If it's authentic, it's into our fiqh. But we just need to try and find a clever way of combining everything. And that's the real fiqh. Yeah? So, that's the answer to that. Somebody's still confused about the dead person. Okay. On Instagram, I don't think I can make it any easier. I've written something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, let's call it for that then, inshallah. Nice and short lesson. Um, and then we will do the, the, in the, next, in the next class, inshallah, we will then uh, finish off this. Jazakumullah, subhanakallah, wa alhamdulillah, shadu wa la ilaha ilaha, wa astaghfirullah, wa atubu. Thank you.